Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives, the show that's all about wealth creation through a What Would Jesus Do lens. If you're an entrepreneur and you love Jesus, then this is the place for you. We are going to be looking at eternal principles to inspire us to the next level where we create wealth and make an impact. Are you ready for the power of a kingdom perspective? Thank you for tuning in. Without wasting any more time, let's get to it. Last episode was about being shrewd. Check it out if you missed it and keep a lookout for a bonus episode to go with being shrewd. It's a data-driven challenge. We're super excited about it and it's inspired by the late management guru Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker used to say, if you cannot measure it, you cannot manage it. So let's tap into being shrewd managers. Today's episode is about refining our leadership. Why refining our leadership? Because we need to bring excellence into the way in which we lead. We have a higher standard. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 tells us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So bringing excellence into the way in which we run our businesses and our ventures, the greatest leader that ever lived was Jesus Christ. Therefore, the leadership approach that we use is servant leadership. Why? Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this is a servant leader who was on a mission that was greater than himself. So the example that we emulate is that of a servant leader that is on a mission that is greater than themselves. Our starting point, therefore, is self-leadership. The hardest person that you're ever going to lead is yourself. Why? Because you can't afford to fail to influence yourself. I'll repeat that. You can't afford to fail to influence yourself. So the starting point is self-leadership. Do you ever wonder why Jesus began his ministry by fasting for 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness? He had to retreat into a quiet place to pray. But why? What does prayer do? To align ourselves with our Father, we have to go into quiet places to pray. You may have a team and they are looking to you for leadership, for answers, and you must look to God to lead excellently. Understand that servant leadership is contrary to the way in which the world says we should lead. The pressure of a leader is to have all the answers, and we don't always have all the answers. That's why we need to look to God to give us the answers that we need so that we can wisely lead our teams, wisely lead our businesses, wisely run our ventures. What are the benefits of fasting? Fasting gives us clarity. It's a place to see what it is exactly that God wants us to do. So we can see everything that is happening very clearly. If you think about it, a lot of big corporations, when they're doing their strategic planning, They go away from their offices into quiet resorts or faraway places. Why? Because they have to be away from the ordinary business of life for them to be able to really look at what is going on and to be able to cast a vision without being concerned about, without being bogged down by daily activities. So in the process of refining our leadership, let's take that time to be alone, to fast and to pray and to seek God guidance so that we can have clarity And in our clarity, we can be able to guide our teams. Every person that we admire underwent some form of training. And training is just a sustained practice and instruction. Some people got trained by their schools, the schools they attended. Some people were trained by the corporations in which they were in. Some people were trained by people who had walked the path in which they wanted to walk in. And it's important for us as leaders to make sure that we take the time to school ourselves. School ourselves on being excellent leaders. How? How do we do this? By deliberately looking for ways to practice leadership 
and to sit under instruction of someone who's doing it at a higher level than we are. The wonder of the internet now is we have access to so much information and access to so many people without actually having to know them. 1 Timothy 4 8 says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life which now is and of that which is to come. Maybe you're asking, why should I focus on spiritual training? I'm trying to run a business. The answer lies in our why. Circular teachings teach us about having a why that will keep us going when things get hard. And circular teachings talk about having an emotional connection to a why so that we have a powerful drive to keep going even when things get hard. But the Bible says, have a spiritual why. And why should you have a spiritual why? Because your spirit will outlive you. The reason to have a spiritual why is because your spirit will outlive you. Does anything get more powerful than a spiritual why when things get hard? I don't know about you, but I think a spiritual why is what you need to keep going when things get hard. Let's live lives of greater discipline. The greater the discipline, the greater the reward. I mean, that's the reason why pro athletes get paid more than most professionals. Because of the discipline they show in excelling at their craft. Ask yourself, do you push yourself to the limit? in using your gifts and talents? Do you exhaust every resource that you have available to you to improve yourself? That's discipline. 2 Peter 1 5 8 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection, love. Discipline is basically self-control, engaging in deliberate, sustained actions with the purpose of improving. When we have clarity in our mission, nothing and no one is going to compromise the mission. Look at Jesus, Peter, the disciple that he loved, the disciple that he said, this is the person on whom I'm going to build my church. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says to Peter, you are the rock that I shall build my church. A few verses later, when Peter tries to tell Jesus that no, he shouldn't be crucified, that it wouldn't be right, that that must not happen. Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. A few verses prior to this, he tells Peter that he is the rock in which he's going to build the church. But when Peter tries to compromise the mission, despite the fact that he means well, Jesus Christ calls him Satan. Jesus basically calls him the enemy. We have to be so clear on our mission that nothing can deter. Nothing and no one should stand in the way of a God-given mission. Just a quick recap. Before we can demand excellence of others, we must command excellence within ourselves. We're trying to refine our leadership to bring excellence into the way in which we lead. How do we do that? Taking the time apart to seek clarity, deliberately using all the resources that we have to push ourselves, exercising discipline in our own life, having the mental conditioning that nothing and no one will compromise the mission. The quest to improve our leadership should not be taken lightly. Everything rises and falls on leadership. At the end of the day, the buck stops with us. Let's take the time to work on improving our leadership and refining it. As entrepreneurs, we tend to be vision people, but let's not forget that our leadership is what will bring the vision to fruition. If you got any value out of this episode, please do share. Thank you. If you got some nuggets out of today's episode, please do let us know. Help us to serve you better by joining the discussion on YouTube at Reinventing Perspectives or drop a comment on our website, reinventingperspectives.com. Until then, see you next episode. Stay well.